Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Not Just Gym Girls. I'm Marissa. And I'm Vanessa. And today we are going to be talking about all things we hate about the fitness industry. Yes, you heard that correctly. We know hate is a strong word, but we really, really wanted to bring you guys some hot takes and some things that are pretty prominent within the industry um, that we don't love. Yeah, so for sure. The fitness industry is a great place, but it can also be a not so great place. So we want to shed some light on the things about the fitness industry that we for lack of a better word, hate, and shed some light on the realities of being in the fitness industry. I think on the outside, it can seem very glamorous and just like very exciting to want to get into the fitness industry. And I definitely thought that when we first both entered the industry, having been in it for a while now, I think we both can see some things that might not seem as they appear. And we're going to shed some light on those today. But first, we want to start with our high and low. We want to keep up with this as best we can. So what is your, let's start with high for the week. For sure. So we actually just came back from Utah. We headed to Utah for Vanessa's birthday and our younger brother's birthday. So that was super fun. Um, that is definitely like my high. I'm not a big hiker for those of you who like don't know me personally, but I think I did a great job, honestly. I can vouch. You did a really good job. Actually, I'm more less complaining than I thought you were going to do for, for <laughs> sure because you're not a big nature person. So being in nature, like definitely, I think you pushed your limits, but I think you did a good job and I definitely think it helped. There was like not that many bugs and we didn't do anything like super intense besides from that one time except when my brother maybe scales some rocks yeah you know for sure a little bit scary which definitely you know humbled us a little bit he it was in sneakers too and we had hiking boots and he was like ready to just like go on the rocks and just like climb the mountains for lack of better terms so that was a little scary but we turned around and went on the trail so that was good yeah i definitely agree my high is the same being in Utah was so cool and it was definitely like out of our usual, I don't want to say comfort zone, but like definitely somewhere we wouldn't typically go. Like we usually go to Florida or, you know, somewhere in those, in that realm, like the Carolinas, Florida, somewhere we're pretty familiar with. We've never been to Utah and it was a little bit colder there, but we had such a great time and it was beautiful. Like the nature that was there and the scenery that we saw was amazing. So definitely a really, really fun way to kick off 24. Yeah, for sure. I completely agree. For those of you who don't know me, I am like, set me on a beach next to the water with a book. Um, not like I said, I can appreciate nature when I'm not in it, but I seriously had such an amazing time and I would not change it for the world. Um, heading into our lows. So we did have a concert planned for when we were in Utah and they changed the venue and we actually changed up the set times on us. So we missed the entire concert. So that was fun. Uh, not actually, it was not fun, but with that, you know, things happen. There's worse things in the world that could happen. We were bummed about it, but uh, I was super bummed about it. I know Vanessa was too. Yeah, for sure. I have the same low, for sure. It was sucky that we kind of drove, we kind of went out there for a concert and we ended up missing it. We were at dinner actually with our brother and we had ended up like seeing, I think it was a post or something, like an Instagram story from, we were going to go see Slander, which is an EDM artist. And he had posted that he had was sold out and was going on stage and like within the hour or something. And we were literally sitting at dinner waiting for our food. And we're like, yeah, I don't think we're going to make it for this concert. So it was a little disappointing, but again, not a big deal at the end of the day. Like we ended up still hanging out with our brother that night and just having a good time, having dinner, hanging out. So it ended up working out and we'll go see Slander, you know, somewhere else. <laughs> just gives us another excuse to go on another vacation, I guess. For sure. For sure. Awesome. So with that, let's head into the things we hate about the fitness industry. So with that being said, I will kind of like start with like the first one. I mean, we kind of 
came up with these together so we're going to piggyback off of each other but number one would be how prominent like disordered eating slash unhealthy habits are and how it is portrayed on as quote-unquote healthy so for instance working out six to seven days a week right someone could look at that and say oh wow she's so healthy but in hindsight that is not super duper healthy same thing when people are like you know pacing around trying get to get their steps in like that's not sustainable that's not healthy you shouldn't be doing that every single week when you're on vacations things along those lines um same thing if you're tracking on the holidays right it's not a testament to your discipline this is a completely completely different from like if you're in a contest prep but if you are a lifestyle client and you are saying oh i'm so dedicated because i'm tracking on holidays i'm bringing my prep meals everywhere like that's not necessary that's disordered that's not healthy um so those are kind of just a few examples, but do you want to kind of touch on this too? Yeah, for sure. I think within the fitness industry, it can seem very like glamorized that people have a high level of discipline, like on Instagram, like you mentioned, like if you're, you know, taking no rest days, if you're tracking every single bite of food every single day for, you know, very, very long periods of time and you have no flexibility. A big one for me too is like, if you're scared to go out to eat or like you won't go out to eat with your friends or family or go on date nights, like those are very big red flags where it's like some people will chalk it up to be like, no, like I just have, you know, these goals that I'm working towards. I'm very disciplined. Like I don't, you know, like going out to eat, which is fine and well, if that's, I guess, true for you. But at the same time, if you're having anxiety about going out to eat, or missing a workout or going on vacation or something like that that's when you start to teeter like okay how healthy is your lifestyle like what happens in your mind if you have to miss a workout or if you have to you know go off your macros on a day that you didn't plan on going off your macros or something like that right like is there feelings of failure is there feelings of regret or just like sadness things like that that shouldn't occur within a fitness gym industry with oh my god within your fitness journey and in the industry it can be so prominent where people are like i'm so healthy because i do this and i put the big one for me is like putting protein powder in everything that you eat or if you can't eat something that like doesn't have protein in it like it is okay if your cookie doesn't have protein you can just have a cookie and like the world is going to keep on going and i know it's not always that simple but it's something where if you are like seeing these red flags it's like okay how how deep into this hole are you and like can you dig yourself out almost yeah, for sure. And I like what you said too about like, it's almost like they're masking these true, true feelings that they're having behind like this closed door of, oh, I'm so disciplined or I'm so motivated and I'm doing X, Y, and Z when really they're probably having an extremely, extremely tough time themselves with coming face to face with that. Yeah. And I wonder if it's something that they're aware of and seem to portray on, on like Instagram, social media, TikTok, whatever, as like I'm being healthy, but they know it's disordered. Like I'm mm -hmm. curious if there is like that disconnect for them where they do think they're genuinely being healthy and are just like very extremely disciplined or if it's more so something they know that it's not healthy, but they have this image portrayed online that they are, you know, this thing, this bodybuilder, this fitness person, this whatever that they need to kind of keep up with that image. So I'm, I'd am i be interested and I'm sure it's a person dependent thing, but it is definitely something in the industry where people do things that are not healthy. If you're tracking on the holidays and you're not in contest prep, that is a huge red flag. I've seen coaches in the industry like preaching like 365, like hit your meals on Christmas, you know, hit your meals on the holidays. And I'm like, that is no way to live. And like, are the holidays about the food? No. But it's also something like it's part of it. And I think people are scared to say that. And people are like, you know, it's not about the food. It's not about the food. And it's not. But it is to a certain degree, like especially when you want to be present with your family, like eating and partaking with them is an important part of being present. And I think it's often so overlooked. And I think people really struggle 
within this, which kind of goes into our next point, is like the all or nothing coaches and the people that like don't have a middle ground. They don't know how to coach people and they don't know how to like customize the program for somebody, right? Because I think so many times people will just be like, I am a tracking macros coach. You have to track macros to be here. I am this coach. You have to do like I'm a, I'm a um, bodybuilding coach. You have to be a bodybuilder to be a part of my team. I am XYZ coach. You have to fit this mold or get off my roster. And it, to me, it's like, well, you're really missing out on the opportunity to help somebody and you're really missing out on the opportunity to inflict positive change in somebody because you have these, you know, this box that you're not willing to essentially get out of. Yeah, for sure. I absolutely love what you mentioned there about like, it's kind of like my way or the highway type coaching. And like, that's not a good coach. That's not being coachable, right? Like that that's not allowing your clients to be who they fully are. You're not giving them a safe space to come to you and say like, hey, I don't feel comfortable doing this or this does not align with, you know, what I believe in and things along those lines. And trust me, those types of coaches will have a really, really quick turnover rate because at the end of the day, it's got to be something that's sustainable, right? If you can't sustain this for one, two, three years, what are you going to do? Track every single Christmas that you ever have? Like absolutely no way. And like you said too, it's not all about the food. Like, yes, it is too, but like, it's not because on Thanksgiving, what is everyone talking about? The food. They're talking about how they're excited to eat mashed potatoes and turkey and things like that. And I think that's fine as long as you're coming at it from like, I'm going to binge on this meal and then not be able to stand up or butt in my pants. Like, okay, now we've got a little bit of a problem and some things that you need to further address. Like, are you kidding me? I'm going to be like, hell yeah, I'm excited to eat some mac and cheese and some turkey and the things I don't really get to eat on a typical basis. So I think there's like that very, very fine line, but those all or nothing coaches have truly, truly ruined it for others. And something too without those all or nothing coaches is those malpractice coaches, right? Coaches who just put someone on a protocol without thinking, how is this protocol going to affect them mentally? How is this protocol, you know, going to affect them? Maybe not right now, but down the line, severe, severe calorie restriction for long periods of time. Um, even something like a What's the word I'm looking for? Like, a, what's a low fat diet? Like a not like restrictive. a restrictive diet. Yeah. What? But there's another word for it. It's not restrictive. Elimination. Elimination diet. That was the word I was looking for. Elimination diets. I had one coach put me on elimination diet for six months, um, which at the time I didn't know. But that was you know malpractice. That was someone who did not know what they were doing. They didn't think how it was going to affect me mentally or you know anything else that was going on. And that is just something that truly I just gets me so angry and I have had so many people come to me or they have similar experiences, but they have truly ruined it for others. Maybe someone that, hey, this was the first coach. For my instance, like that was the first time that I was, or maybe it was the second time that I was really, really trusting someone to help me with all these issues that I had at play. And rather than someone being able to support and encourage me, I got quite the opposite of being you know, not necessarily like put down, but like of just not being listened to and saying these things are made up and just malpractice within the protocol, right? Yeah, for sure. I think malpractice coaching is something that we're going to see, unfortunately, a lot come to fruition within the next few, I would say months and years within like coaching is massive now. Everybody is a coach. Not everybody is qualified to be a coach. And I think with that, people are just so quick to put in their Instagram bio, online fitness coach, like, you know, nutrition training coach, whatever. And it's like, you have no experience. Like you have just, and, and it's not only about experience. You have no knowledge. You don't know how to take what you know and apply it to a person. You can know everything about nutrition. You can know everything about training. 
that doesn't mean you're gonna be a good coach. And I think people don't wanna hear that because it's it's the truth because some people are meant to be trainers, like personal trainers, and some people are meant to be coaches. And those are two different things because I think personal training is great for the people that it's right for, but a personal trainer and a coach are two different things. And I think people don't understand that. So if you're a personal trainer, you're not a coach, you know, and coaches are personal trainers, whatever, and not all of them. So I think it's important to kind of distinguish that. And I think where you talked about malpractice coaching, I definitely want to touch on that because people are so quick to just like sign the client that they want. And they're very quick to be like, yes, you'll get this and this and this, and I'll be able to fix your, you know, your cycle. I'll be able to fix your relationship with food. I'll be able to fix your gut health. And you know, you're going to thrive and you're going to be able to intuitively eat and do all these things. And then it's like, well, first of all, now you're over-promising and that's not going to happen. And then also on the back end, like, do you know, even know how to do all those things? Like the coach that had you on that really restrictive diet, elimination diet, it was like, okay, how do I get out of here now? Because now I've been here for six months and it's like, now I'm having these issues pop up even further. And it's like, now what do I do? Just continue to eliminate, continue to eliminate and I'm eating four foods out of the whole, you know, the whole diet, the whole nutrition scheme. So it's, it's something within coaching where the malpractice, unfortunately, I think is common. And I think something too, like even I'll just go on Instagram, I'll go on my feed and I'll see people like giving out meal plans. Like if you're not a registered dietitian, you should not be giving out meal plans. And I think something too, that we want to, I kind of want to touch on is like people taking on clients that might be just like out of their wheelhouse, like out of their scope. And especially with what we touched on earlier, like how prominent disordered eating is in the fitness industry. And then couple that with people that are following people like that, that might have disordered eating or full-blown eating disorders. And then maybe they're reaching out to that person for help. It's like, okay, well now we have a list of issues because if you're not an RD, if you're not an eating disorder therapist, you're not qualified to take that person. And like, you shouldn't be doing that. And I think so many people in the fitness industry and so many coaches, unfortunately, like they're so quick to sign the client without doing the screening. And I think as an industry, we need to do a better job of like outsourcing for professional help. So I've told plenty of clients like, hey, I think this is that you need to see a therapist if we're going to continue on or see a doctor or something like that. And there's something wrong with that, right? I think being able to understand like where your line is and like your boundary as a coach where it's like, I don't feel comfortable coaching you past this point. 110%. I could not agree more. And something too that I thought of while you were saying all of this is that I really think it's like an ego thing when it comes to the coaches, right? They don't want to put their ego aside and say like, hey, maybe I'm not the most qualified person to help you, right? And unfortunately, sometimes they're more like just wanting to get that sign on or wanting to get that payout instead of saying like, hey, can I genuinely help this person? Or would they be better off seeking help from someone else, right? And I think that is like so, so important. And I think I will always be the first one. If I do not feel comfortable coaching someone, I will never put myself in that position. I will put my ego aside and say, I do not feel comfortable if I'm not qualified. Or even if I start coaching someone and I'm like, hey, I didn't see these things at the start, I will get them to, I will connect them with someone else who I think would be a better fit. Because at the end of the day, I don't care to make a quick buck on someone if I know that I'm not doing something in my, you know, ethical realm. Yeah, a hundred percent. I do a hundred percent. I think there's so much ego in the fitness industry in the first place, which can be a whole other podcast, to be honest. But I think within like turning, I don't want to say turning somebody away, but just like outsourcing for help. Like it's so hard for a coach to even just reach out to another coach and be like, Hey, I think you'd be a better fit here for this person. Or I think you can help this person better than I can because so quick is somebody to be like, no, I know it. Like I can do it. I'll figure it out. Like, which is part of coaching. Like, yes, troubleshooting, 
But it's also something where it's like, listen, there just might be somebody out there right now that is a better fit and you will get there. And I think so much of the fitness industry is like in this very ego driven state of mind where it's like they want to be the best. They want to be on top. They want to get the most signups. They want to have the most clients. They want to make the most money, which is like, you know, it's it's part of the industry, right, where you want to have clients. Yes. But it's something where like making sure that person that's on the other side of the phone, it's a person like it's a human being. They have you know, feelings, they're putting their money, their time, their attention, their trust into you. And it's like, that is such a vulnerable thing for somebody to do to put all of their attention and their focus to into you as a coach and like being able, and I give you so much respect and I do the same where it's like being able to be like, listen, this is just, I don't feel comfortable doing this. Like I can't do this. I can't do this ethically. And like, I'm not willing to like cross that boundary. And I will say like in the past, being able to put that boundary up has been challenging, but definitely now it's something where I'm very, very firm in the boundaries that I have. And if I don't feel comfortable doing something, I'll be the first to outsource to a therapist, doctor, whatever it is. And make sure the person is just like, even like rightfully supported throughout the coaching journey. Because if somebody is experiencing like certain red flags, there is a way that you can support them with the help of a therapist or a doctor or an RD or whatever it is. I agree. And like you always hear the saying, teamwork makes the dream work, right? Especially even when it comes from not a nutritional side of thing. But if I think someone's really, really struggling with mental health, I with mental health, excuse me, I always tell them, hey, I am not a certified therapist. I'm here to support you in any and every way. But I highly recommend that you do seek out a therapist. Do you need help getting one? I would be more than happy to help you with that. And I think a lot of times too, like you said, sometimes coaches look at it as like, oh, great, another sign on, another sign on. Yes, but I think they're losing sight of the big picture. You are a coach because you're in it to help people, right? If you're in it for the right reasons. If you are, yes, that's so correct. If you're in it for the right reasons. And I think sometimes people lose sight of that and it's like, oh, right, another number, another number, another number. And it's like, no, these are human beings, just like you talked about, with real feelings, you know, like the implications. It just drives me crazy sometimes the horror stories I hear of like, you know, 1200 calorie diets or long, long, you know, deficit phases, elimination diets, all of these things that people have been put through before. And they are like scarred. They are like truly scarred. I know because I was one of them. Um, So that is just something that really grinds my gears. But just knowing that like there are a plethora of like really, really good solid coaches who are in it for the right reasons. Yeah, 100%. I do want to circle back really quick to what you said about the mental health aspect of it and like really like having a the team behind you, which I think is so, so important. I think this is like not really on our notes, but something else in the fitness industry where those coaches are like the ones that almost just like disregard your mental health completely. And like, you kind of touched on this a little bit before and like kind of like people that have ruined it for others. Like if your coach is not asking about where you're at mentally or even just like where you're at in life, like what your day-to-day looks like, what your lifestyle looks like, what your stress is like, sleep, like, you know, at, at some point, yes, it's like, okay, I'm not necessarily here to like be a certified therapist for you, but it's also like, I need to know what's going on in your life to a certain degree, right? And like, as much as you feel comfortable sharing with somebody, of course, but it's also something where there's coaches that are like, I don't want to hear about your problems. I don't want to hear about this. I don't want to hear about that. And it's like a list of I don't. And it's like, I just want the data. I just want the, you know, did you do what you're supposed to do, right? And it's like, well, you know, that's that's not necessarily very helpful for the person. It's like, well, they could be doing what they're supposed to do, quote unquote, and be in the absolute trenches with their mental health. And it's like, well, they're not going to progress anyways. It doesn't really matter if they're hitting their, like checking their boxes and hitting what they're supposed to because it, at the end of the day, it's not going to even work. 
Yep. It goes far beyond just hitting a set of macros and doing someone's training. That's why too, when people ask us like, oh, what do you do for work? Just give people workout plans. And it's like, no, it's way, way more than that, right? We are looking at your day-to-day, your lifestyle. I'm sorry, but if you have poor relationships, if you're not supported, if you have a shitty home life, like all of these things affect your health. Um, So that's why I love, love the fact that you touched on that. Yeah. And I think because I think some of the, in like the fitness industry coaches, like they're so backwards in their mentality with how they think of it. It's like, okay, if they, you know, hit their protein goal, their body will change. I'm like, well, that's just not like, it's, it's so more, so much more complicated than that. And certain coaches will just like dumb it down so much. And then certain coaches will just like completely take it to the other side and just like complicate it so much that the pe- person keeps signing on. And I'm like, there is a middle ground. There, there so is a middle ground. And I just definitely want to touch on that. So the last point that we have here that we want to touch on is just like the lack of transparency, I think within the fitness industry, I do think within the last, I would say five years or, you know, eight years that we've been in it, it's definitely gotten better. I think especially in regards to like PEDs, which we're going to touch on for sure. I think a lot of people, especially now too, like they, they just don't tell you the whole story. Like they'll tell you parts of the story, but they won't necessarily tell you the whole story. And like, it's not, you know, someone's job on Instagram to tell you their entire life story. No, but if they're portraying a certain image online where they're showcasing their physique and they're showing like a lot of body checking and they're, you know, doing all these things. I do think as somebody that wants to be a positive influence, you do, I don't want to say, oh, but you do want to show a certain amount of transparency to like be realistic. And like, if you're truly trying to inspire people and you're truly trying to make positive change, there's a part of you that wants to show that transparency. Cause to be honest, if you're shutting the door on everything and you're not transparent at all, it's like, okay, what are you running from? What are you hiding? What are you like trying to portray? I wouldn't say that's being authentically yourself. I completely, I completely agree with what you're saying. And in regards to PEDs, I think we should just kind of say what it is because we say it oh, sometimes. Yeah, for Perfor- sure. It's called perform performance enhancing drugs, uh, steroids. Yeah, yeah. For for lack of better terms. Um. So that is definitely something too. I completely, completely agree with what you're saying. In regards to what they're showcasing, especially if they are a bodybuilder or they are competing, right? And they're posting all these pictures when they're lean and they have these stomach striations and things like that, but they're not posting that like, hey, this is not sustainable, right? Um, knowing that this is only for a period of time, right? I think a lot of people do a great job of showcasing that side now, but maybe not so much beforehand where people would come to us and say, I want to look this person. It's like, well, you do realize they have absolutely no libido, probably no menstrual cycle. They're pretty miserable. They're hair's falling out their hair all the time their yeah blood work looks terrible like it's it's so niche especially with the timeline thing where it's like especially with competing someone is that lean for two months three months and mm-hmm. they're using those pictures for i think this is so problematic but like for a year for mm-hmm. two years what until they're lean again and then it's like okay then you're lean again then you post again and then it's an update and it's like well that's not that's showcasing to someone that's just viewing your content as that's sustainable and it's not And I think, too, something that I want to touch on with, like, the fitness industry and, like, I guess coaching more so, people will advertise certain, like, services or results for their coaching where it's like, yeah, you'll get, you know, 24-7 access to me and you'll hear from check-ins within, like, 24 hours and then you sign up and it's, like, three days goes by without a check-in. Or maybe, you know, you don't have 24 
seven access, six access to that. Maybe they're only actually working two days a week or whatever. And this is, this is real. Like this happens. And it's so crazy to us because we are not like that. And I, I've experienced it myself where, you know, coaches take three, four or five days to respond to a check-in and then it's a week, the next week. And you're almost going two weeks without a check-in and, you know, technically you're paying for one, one a week. So it's, it's something that making sure that you're doing your research on who you're hiring. This is so important. Like ask around, like ask previous clients, ask people, like, if you're a good coach, you should have no problem sending somebody to like ask your previous clients what their experience was like. Because if you're doing what you're supposed to, what you're supposed to, and you're actually authentic and what your message is and what you're, you know, like what you're trying to do within the industry, there should be no problem. If you're one of my clients, I hope that you feel like so you can always reach out to an old client or whatever it is, because it's something that I think is, is true. Like you should be able to, have people that back you and like back your services and make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons. I completely agree. I can't even believe that people do that. Like they say that they're 24, six, 24, seven, and then they take three days to respond to a check-in. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I would say even longer sometimes. Like I would say even like weeks, like I've heard horrors like weeks for no check-in. Yeah. What? That's, yeah. That just blows my mind. Like, what are you supposed to do without a check-in for weeks? Like, you have no, like, updates to go off of. That just... Uh. I think it's more so prominent within, like, when people have, like, massive rosters. And there's, like, if there's three... I'm sorry, if you have 300 clients, like, you're not getting back to them in a week's time. Like, you're just not. And I think that's more, like, you know, huge coaches in the industry. But, like, yeah. that's just crazy to me. Like Weeks at a time. That's yeah. ridiculous. That's literally ridiculous. And I also, too, with the results, I don't get that. I literally like, don't get that. Like, what? You're trying to make yourself look better? Like, why would you say something that's like, oh, you know, maybe this was a, you said it was a three-month transformation, but maybe it was a nine-month transformation. Like, you're going to get, like, not, not like you're going to get caught, but like. You will, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're not, it's like you're just, like, not authentic. Like, no one wants to go to someone that is, like, not authentic. No one wants to, you know, like Vanessa said, like, I really hope that all my clients feel the same way too where they can reach out to someone that I've coached and they have nothing but positive things to say right so that just uh that just grinds my gears some things that we hear some horror stories it's awful but like that's kind of why we want to shed light to these things that like there are other coaches out there that are not like this that do not function like this right two two of them being us um truthfully who are in it for the right reasons and just like feel so so passionate about this that's why like we we get so passionate about it and it gets our gears going because this is something that we truthfully love and do with our whole entire heart. Um, so it, it does irk me that there's people out there that truly just take it for, take it, take advantage of it. Oh my goodness. Yeah, for sure. It kind of sucks to say, but I definitely think there are people in the industry like that have a platform and don't necessarily deserve it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it, it, it does suck because like, you know, there is an amount of hard work that goes into having a platform and having clients, but it's also something like when you get to the point of coaching or having athletes or whatever, that you're prioritizing the money or the dollars or the amount, like the, the numbers before the person, before coaching, before the people that are putting so much trust into you. It's like, it's so unfortunate and it's so sad. And I think within the industry, I hope to see these things change in the future unfortunately i think there's always going to be things we hate about the fitness industry i think we'll both be in the fitness industry forever to a certain degree and i think being able to see these things and just like shed light on them is extremely important to us so that if you guys are listening to this and you're thinking about getting into the fitness industry or you're just on your own fitness journey and you do this very casually you can understand maybe it's not all it's all it's all chalked up to be and i think something too is like just being aware of more so I think we talked about coaching and just like the red flags within coaching and being mindful kind of like what we touched on last week of comparison and just understanding that 
it might not be as glamorous as you think. Yeah, for sure. And if any of these things like kind of like ring a bell in, you know, maybe someone who is currently being coached by someone, don't feel that you need to have that as your kind of like standard. Realize there's other people out there and you can part ways with someone who is no longer serving you in the best way possible. Yeah, for sure. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I think we are going to wrap it up here. If you enjoy this podcast, please share on your story and tag us. We really, really appreciate it. We will go ahead and put our coaching links in the bio here today. And I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you so much. Thank you.